Hello and welcome to the Neil and Robbie podcast. And we're back. Second row on the go. <laughs> Neil, how are you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm really well, mate. It took us a while to get here. Uh, we were supposed to record on Sunday and I've had at least five people tell me off because we haven't put a podcast out yet. So all we can do is apologise profusely again. Yes. Again, definitely, definitely. It's all Robbie's fault again. <laughs> okay, there, there's, there is an inkling that I am a part of the issues in the lateness of the podcast coming out, yes. <laughs> a part of the issue. You're the root cause of the issue. The root cause. There's another Moots plug there, is there? Another Moots plug? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good one. I got that one in really subtly. Uh, no, I am, I am really, really good. Thanks, Robbie. Winter is just awesome out here in Dubai. I've had some amazing rides in the last week. Uh, we've got the coast to coast ride coming up at the weekend, which is 215k uh, all the way across the UAE. So that's always a really good, uh, really good day out. Followed by a nice party over in uh, over in Fajera at the end. So it's all good, all good. How are you? Oh, uh, good, good. It's been a bit of a long week actually. Uh, the weather's been crap here. Just to kind of talk about that work's been work's been brilliant but it's really busy at the minute which is cool uh my puppy is teething bless her so she is just being a little bit hard work this week and unfortunately she has just run into the room because i just mentioned the word puppy um the issue like yesterday so we're playing like me and Bryony throwing this ball to each other the dog keeps trying to catch it jumps in between and jumps right up turns a little bit too quickly and uh with its mouth fully open, hits my face. And now I've got a massive gash across my face. Well, I say massive, it's like two centimetres long. And it went like two mil deep. So like my face was bleeding everywhere yesterday. So that hasn't been an ideal start to my week, but you can't blame the puppy. It was just playing catch. So yeah, so like literally that is it's been just one of those things. So I've been going I went to work today and everyone's been going to me, May, did you get in a fight over the weekend? And I'm like, No, I didn't get in a fight. I'm I'm like the most placid person in the world. <laughs> like, we will put a photo bloody, of that into the show notes yeah, somewhere for sure. Pete, Peter Rabbit fans, you know, would beat me up, you know what I mean? <laughs> like So yeah, so what? Uh, yeah, it's been good. Peter Rabbit you fans know. would beat you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Rabbit, you know the children's thing. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm a right pansy. That's what I'm saying. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't so, get yeah. that one at all. So, yeah, so that's kind of the gossip. That is kind of the gossip. But, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Just glad to be back recording again. And, um, yeah. It, yeah. It's Ivy great to be back hello. recording again. Um, I have finally finished off my new recording studio at home, which I'm really excited about. And,. So I'm going to kick off with an apology for last week's sound quality. I know quite a few people have, I won't say complained, but raised concerns about the different audio levels. Uh, Robbie was a little bit quiet, and overall we were a little bit quiet. So I was louder than Robbie, and we were all a little bit quiet. That was my fault because I had a... I'm going to get a little bit technical here for a second. I have my microphone on a boom arm, and I had an unshielded extension cable which was causing a lot of feedback and I had to cut all that out and do lots of funny stuff in the audio editing software. Luckily, a quick trip to Virgin Megastore in Mall of the Emirates secured me a shielded cable and now we're all good to go. So I'm hoping that this week, the quality is just gonna blow your minds. 
Fingers crossed. Did that make sense, Robbie? Did you follow that? Yeah, yeah. That it it does blow my mind. Like the this this podcast blows my mind on so many levels. <laughs> Robbie's Robbie's still speaking into a call center headset straight into his laptop. Yes, I am so basic right now, but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm going to go around over Christmas when I'm back in the UK and sort you out. Do you have a spare room in your Do you have a spare room in your house? I do, I do, but I'm going to talk about that a bit later. Oh, okay. But I do have a spare room in my house, yes. Do you want to talk about it now? Well, no, because I, I want to talk about it later, because there's something in there that I want to talk about later. Oh, okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah I know. Like it's, it's like three people have been locked in their hostages for like three weeks. Okay, I'll send the police around now. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? Um, um, let's have a look at well, the show we, notes. <laughs> we are going to talk... This is why I wondered whether you wanted to talk about it now. So I, I think, first of all, we're going to talk about you coming back onto the coaching plan, which is awesome. I'm really excited about it. I know we touched on it last week, briefly. Team turn. Uh, we're finally going to get hold of Robbie and get him to work in a structured manner. And you've <laughs> been shopping. I have, yeah, yeah. So obviously I wanted to come back onto the coaching programme and it was really difficult for you last year because you had me going, oh, the bike at the gym said this, oh, my heart rate was this, my Apple Watch said this. I didn't really have the tools to be with you, if that makes sense. So it made your job very difficult to track what I was doing. All you were getting was an okay in training peaks and a picture of my watch a lot of the time. So it made it really difficult. So I went shopping and I completely lost my mind as in I'm I'm a bit of a I, I'm really tight when it comes to money. I just don't know why. It's just because I've never really had a vast amount of money in my life, to be fair. So I'm kind of doing my shopping and going out and I just turned around to my missus and said, do you know what? I want to start doing some training with Neil again. I want to get serious about this, but I'm having one issue that I just don't really have the tools. I really want to go out on my bike, but it's just, it's too wet, it's too rainy, I don't know what to do. And she just said, well, why don't you get one of those smart turbo trainers you've been talking about, you know. She goes, how long have you wanted one of those for? So I was like, probably about three years. And then um, literally I just went and bought one. And um, now I've got a really nice smart turbo so that you can actually say, right, I need you at X wattage for this and set the plan up and it'll just do it all for me so so yeah so i spent quite a bit of money but i like it's quite interesting when people go god you're you're quite you know you're a fairly strong rider you've done some cool stuff but you've never really structured your coaching greatly and when you did last time it was really difficult to keep track of me so it's quite nice now when we're running heart rate monitors power meters that you can really stay on top of what i'm doing so it's it's i'm really excited about coming back to see what the difference is the training's going to make with structured coaching from you with having all these bits and bobs like uh, you know a direct drive turbo also on top of that i'm going to be doing all my training on my own bike not an indoor bike so i'm really excited about it which I think makes a lot of difference in indoor spin bikes and gym bikes. Generally, well, you're never on the same setup every time you get on them. There's always a different setup, so there's always going to be some little niggly thing that's wrong, and you just don't build that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm going to use the word relationship with your bike because you get used to your bike, you adapt to it, you get familiar with it, 
And if you're not riding it all the time, you lose that familiarity. So I think it's, it is really important to be riding on your bike all the time. Um, yeah, agreed. And it's just something I've... It's just something I've kind of overthrown for a while, and I'm in a I'm in a really good situation now where my work's good, but you know I've got the space to to use a turbo. Before I was living with family, so it was really difficult because I didn't really have a space for a turbo, and the Wi-Fi wasn't as good. And now I've kind of fixed all these little problems. I was just like, well, actually, why haven't I bought one of these yet? You know, and yeah, so hopefully the neighbours don't don't mind a little bit of whirring every so often, and. Yeah, we'll smash it. It'll be good fun. It'll be really good fun. I'm really excited about it. And is this going into your spare room? This is already in my spare room. That was the thing in my spare room. I was going to say, <laughs> is this what you wanted to talk about being in your spare room? We got to it quite quickly, yes. didn't we? Yes, yes, we did. We did. Yeah, I, yeah, we did get to it very quickly. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited that I actually have stuff in my spare room now that actually benefits my training, to say the least. Okay, so I think we're going we're gonna to introduce two new segments to this podcast the first of which is going to be how we turn <laughs> Robbie's, Robbie's life spare... issues. <laughs> Robbie's life issues. Now that's been a part of this program since the very beginning. I think. <laughs> that has Counsel... been this program gonna, for a long time. It, we're going to call it counselling Robbie, <laughs> which he definitely needs. Yeah, definitely yeah. needs it's enough to yes. drive me to drink. Um, I think we need to do a yeah. We'll do a, a sequence, a segment on turning your spare room into the modern social media athlete person <laughs> podcaster studio stroke training room yes so we're like gonna we're gonna kick off by putting a few photos up on the show notes of and on instagram we'll put these on instagram too of your turbo trainer in place perfect and then over christmas i'm gonna come over to king's lynn and i'm going to help you sort out your room a little bit better so that you're not doing what i suspect you're doing right now which is sat on the couch with your laptop on your knee, talking into a call centre headphone. <laughs> Am I close? D- yes, very, very <laughs> close. <With> a, <laughs> that was a dog little, toy that the dog just brought me. Toy. Awesome. Yeah, I um, yeah. So um, I can honestly say that yeah, but I I have an update on this. So I've now actually got a box to put my laptop on, and um, I also have a sweat mat for the bottom of the bike. And I just ordered an AMP Plus dongle so I can actually use my Garmin heart rate monitor. So that is that is the current gossip which is going on right now. Okay, right. Well, I'm going to add these. The uh, the first segment is going to be called the the uh, the Neil and Robbie Studios. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of it. Yes, definitely. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, cool. I, I think the other thing that would be really interesting is for us to talk about how we are approaching your training because I do get a lot of questions coming in around how how I coach people how we how I get ready people ready for ultra races and I think this podcast is a great opportunity for us to showcase how I'm going to be working with you what do we do at the different phases of the season what am I getting you to do and because I think that'll give people some some really interest interesting insight into into how we do it yeah yeah massively absolutely massively and also it gives yeah it just gives the timeline of what it would be like riding with neil copeland yeah coaching with copeland yeah <laughs> as opposed to riding with, with robbie um <laughs> yes so we'll 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 build that in we'll come back quite regularly during the podcasts and we'll talk about robbie's 
coaching his his annual progression towards his key races and, and we are going to talk about our, our races for next year later on in this podcast but this is a really good time to start this kind of segment because we are at the beginning of your season you know you've had a good break you've taken the time out after tcr you've kind of rediscovered your passion for cycling and you've thought more about what you want to do next year and we are right at the beginning of setting the plans for next year so you know really what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks is really going through kind of preparation phase where it's about getting you back on the bike getting you uh, just used to riding again getting you used to the the turbo trainer how the turbo trainer works um i'll talk through in another session the kind of things that i look for when i'm looking at people's workouts on turbo trainers why they're really really useful um but then it's really about uh, right now it's around setting those season goals it's around setting the events that robbie's looking at doing and my job as a coach then is to start to formulate what the what the annual training plan looks like so where are we going to build in the different building blocks where are we going to focus on different parts of his physiology how do we manage his overall uh, fitness and fatigue levels in order to peak for the events that he really wants to peak with yeah so kind of that's 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 what what we would be do, you know what we will be doing and it's also what i'm doing with most of my athletes who are working towards let's say a traditional european ultra race season i.e right now pretty much we call it beginning of the of the training cycle or the beginning of the annual training cycle people are going to have events kicking off any time between february and may for early season events with a peak happening june july august for whatever their big key event of the year is so you know that fits with how i'm approaching things with a lot of a lot of clients at the moment obviously it's a little bit different with people who are here in dubai because we are if you're road racing our winter season has started so we are about to be deep into the season of, of racing so you know it does change things slightly and, and obviously with the the winter weather coming the weather cooling down it is you know now is when we're doing all of our riding so rather than base miles inside on a turbo trainer people are going out and, and riding outside all the time so you do have to tailor it to you know where people are in the world yeah yeah massively um i i did though if it means anything i did my ftp test the other day yeah (laughs) so my first question would be and and i know i did ask you this question is is which test did you do the the short 45 minute one because i'm impatient and i really didn't want to do a test (laughs) this is the zwift uh short one so i you know i find this is a good it's a good starting point yeah really what it tells us is uh the the way the zwift ftp protocol works is you do i think it's like a three minute all-out effort which basically um takes out the anaerobic contribution to your 20 minute effort so different people have different levels of anaerobic contribution to a 20 minute effort and really what we're looking at to get a accurate estimation of your ftp is to take away the anaerobic contribution and look purely at the aerobic contribution which is why you build in these three minute uh, what you call drain the legs efforts um and then you go into the 20 minute session so and and i think you got you got a score of like 200 or, or you it's it estimated your ftp at 298 watts yeah 298 
and I'm 78 kilos now. But I did have a whole box of choc ices last night, so maybe I'm 79. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not even going to lie, that, that happened last night. Yeah, now what what we will do over time is hopefully alongside the turbo trainer that he's got he will also be getting a power meter on his bike and that will allow us to collect a lot more data and allow us to build a more detailed picture of his uh, power duration profile which gives me more information about where his strengths and weaknesses are it helps us identify parts on that uh, to target for specific races although obviously the challenge with ultra racing is we're really generally targeting the very very end of it which is how you ride for kind of 10 to 15 hours um but you know we we still do target other areas of that power duration curve and that gives us you know using some of the of the analytical tools out there it can give us a more in-depth insight to an an estimated ftp or a modeled ftp where we look not just at what your ftp value is but also how long you can hold it for so people traditionally would do 20 minutes and say, brilliant, 95% of that is my FTP and I can hold that for an hour. The reality is, if I were to get you to go out and ride at 298 watts for an hour, you would not make it I to the end. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, you, you wouldn't make <laughs> yeah. it to the end. So there is this concept of a time to exhaustion as well, which I think really, you know, it brings in really key things about how we train because it's not just about pushing power up, it's about stretching power out and i think that's critical in terms of how we train for ultra racing because it's all about doing things for longer rather than doing things faster yes so that's that's you know that's what we will be looking to build up that profile will build up over the course of the next two or three months uh we'll be getting robbie to do some more interesting testing which again we'll talk through as and when he does it on this show but i am delighted that you've got a turbo trainer they're great because you basically either do the workout or you don't do the workout. I can put a workout into your training peaks, uh, which is built using the workout builder. So it will be very specific power outputs for specific durations. It's really cool in that training peaks can then automatically sync that across to your Zwift account. So when you, when you get on your turbo, when you open up Zwift, boom, it's there. And all you do is get on and ride and you either do it or you don't do it there's no degrees of well you were close on the power here or you know you dropped off here it's it's pretty binary which is good now if somebody doesn't want to pay for Zwift most modern uh, head units will also integrate into a smart trainer so I've just started using my Garmin 1030 to control my smart trainer and again, Training Peaks integrates into Garmin Connect. So all of my workouts that I set myself come across into Garmin Connect, down to my Garmin 1030. And from there, they uh, they just run. Again, it just runs. I fire it up on my Garmin. It controls my turbo trainer and I just do the workout. So it's a really, uh, if you don't want to spend money on Zwift, that's another way around doing that, which is which is really, really cool. Yeah, no, um, yeah, definitely. So now I'm excited. We'll will start training and it'll be nice to talk about where i was at now and then episodes down the line see where we get to when race season comes around and i'm like i'm hoping for the ftp to be like 450 maybe 500 and i'll, I'll be i'll be i'll be content with that yeah, yeah. and weight down to 65 <laughs> kilos 
62. <laughs> 62. <laughs> you know, I'd just be bones then, literally. That'd be it. Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So we'll keep you posted on that. And we'll move forward to the news. Yes. Viking Man Taiwan. Man, wow. That was an interesting race. Yeah. That was a very interesting race. I, I mean, I, I had some serious FOMO watching it. So did it, I. And the pairs and everything. Just It was just um, brutal. Really brutal. And I mean, I mean it, it was... It was hard last year. It was one of the hardest races, if not the hardest, biking man race last year. Um, just because of everything that happens on it. And this year, Axel made the course even tougher. Which, I, I think, caught a few people out. Yeah, I must admit, I, I was quite... So, I had a few friends in there. And I just kept saying to them, look, guys, you know, I'm going to level with you here humidity 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 you know like the first day is gonna suck you know you're gonna be racing so hard and you're gonna get so hot you're gonna drink so much water but just keep going because it's such a cool race you know and that kind of thing and honestly like it just the the route had changed it had gone to a lot hillier for them than it was last year for us and bless them you know that that was brutal and the cutoffs are really tight on that race really tight on that race you know compared to a lot of them where they give you like a day in loo there's no messing about with this they really axel really pushes you to the edge on this one yeah i i mean this is not this is not an intro uh event for sure this is one for experienced riders and you know good riders yeah yeah and let's talk about fabian so fabian uh i can never pronounce his name burry burry yeah, Fabian Burry. Yeah, Burry. Um, yeah, he. So basically, what was quite exciting about him is we've been racing with him for probably, probably about a year and a half or something like that. Quite a long time, anyway. It's been it's been good, and he's just such a cool guy. And he's the only guy that I know, like at a finishers party, he'll just sit there like with a beer, light up a cigarette, and just <laughs> chill out. And it's like he's absolutely crazy. So he's been racing quite a lot. He was always floating about where I seem to be and over time I've noticed him improve and me improve but I just noticed how high a level he had become when it came to Biking Man Taiwan because he's doing these, you know, 20th place finishes, like 15th, 10th and then boom, out of nowhere, third. And he had gone from racing quite casually to absolutely hammering it. So he's keeping up with, I think he was second overall in the solo category fourth in overall because there was a pair which were in front of him but yeah he killed it he was literally there was this big fight at the end between him this pair and was it bruce if i'm correct in saying bryce that was it and bryce which bryce was just off the front maybe like 20k in front and then the others are just chasing him up the final climb and i i'll never forget what that final stint was like because the last 40k I remember you saying to me, because you had finished before me, like, you turned around and said, Robbie, do not just go into the end, you know, hoping that you've got enough steam just to get to the end, because it is brutal, you know, like, there is a surprise at the end. Actually, no, that's all you said, there was a surprise at the end. And I was like, okay. And I just remember the amount of climbing in that last 40k. I was like, 
I, I'm not enjoying this one single bit. So to be racing and have people a few K away from you at that bit, I couldn't think of anything worse, especially at the end of like a three-day race. <laughs> yeah. So so hats off. Yeah, Yeah. Really no, I was, I was really pleased for Fabian. He's always been a super strong rider. Uh, he just always had the habit of blasting off for the first day and then kind of, I don't know, just kind of going into tourist mode and chilling out and watching what was going on with the world um but he really he got his head switched on for this one and and he was clearly in it to to go and race hard and race well from start to finish so um yeah great and and a great ride from Bryce as well i mean it was a real it was a great battle at the front between uh Bryce and Fabian and uh Michael um and also at the beginning uh georgie as well and i want to come back to to the ladies in a minute um but you know certainly the first day those four were just smashing it up the hills and i think at one point georgie was georgie was in the lead uh which is just incredible um but yeah it was a really it was a it was a great race to watch so really good racing and uh and just tough tough conditions i think yeah, it was hot and humid on the first day, but by the end, it was really cold. Yeah, quite a few people dropped out of it as well, if I'm correct. There was quite a few, there was a few scratches, but it was just it's one of these races where you just think, oh, look at the average temperature for Taiwan. That's the lowest. That's the highest. But it is just such a brutal race. Like the highs, the Com Challenge climb is just silly. It's not even funny how tough that climb is. And then the humidity. I remember on the first day I'd planned exactly where I was going to get water at Seven Elevens and stuff, but I was just constantly running out. I was going through carbohydrate powder and electrolytes just left, right, and centre. And I just remember coming up this climb, just so uncomfortably hot. And then that evening. I'm in the jungle in a thunderstorm and then there's snakes everywhere and I'm like oh god this is this is not pleasant and it's just extremes constantly yeah well I saw some of the photos from uh from Julie who was the uh the first female finisher she was she was riding in a down jacket it was zero degrees it was raining it was foggy it just it was miserable you know, I think just the the three weeks later that it was this year than last year really changed the the complexion of the race, changed the the nature of the weather that you uh, came into contact with, and that climb at Taroko Gorge was was colder. It was a good four or five degrees colder than when we did it last year. So, um, and 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 like I say, the the change to the course at the beginning just made it so 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 hard. And, you know, a lot of people really, really suffered. I mean, you know, I had two two clients there, John and, and Dawn, and, um, you know, John ended up middle of the night descending from the jungle. Uh, it just sounded pretty uh, intense and intimidating. And, you know, Dawn, Dawn pushed and pushed and pushed all the way through to, to CP2, completely pushed beyond her limits for four days. I mean, you know, I've... I get to sit and go through the data and she really pushed herself hard for four days but just you know just couldn't make the cutoff time um and it was just you know really really tough but yeah I, I i really enjoyed watching the uh the ladies in this race so yeah first off georgie um desperately disappointed that she'll have uh she, or she will be desperately disappointed that she had to scratch 
because of pretty extreme saddle sore stuff going on. But man, she demonstrated that she can be really, really good at this. She was she was in the lead. She was clearly the best climber in the race, and you know, clearly taken on board everything she learned coming out of a man. And you know, watching her over the first couple of days was was awesome. And I I hope she carries on in this ultra racing world because I think she'll do some real damage if she gets into some of the big races next year. Um, yeah. Like I say, Dawn had a had a you know really really pushed herself deep, and I, I think when she reflects, she'll have got an awful lot out of this experience. But then you know, final word for me on this has to go to to Julie. Um, just never gave up never gave up kept pushing kept pushing kept pushing and made it uh with like five hours no more than that six hours to spare before the end so on a harder course she beat perrine's time from last year and and like i say i i got a few messages and photos from her on the way around and just what she was going through just she pushed so hard and it's just I was so happy to see her get to the finish line. So congratulations to those three and congratulations to everybody who even just turned up on the start line because it, it was it was tough. So I, I remember when, when we did it and I was racing and I so the extremes I, I avoided. I made a bit of a, a, a bad call actually. So I remember just becoming up to the, the gorge. So before the Com Challenge climb, it was getting to like four or five in the evening. And I thought if I go up the climb now, I don't think there's going to be any food for like 100k. And like 80k of that is just climbing. And I thought I can't carry enough food and water. I thought it's going to be cold. I'm going to have some issues going up that high. There's going to be nothing there. I'm going to, you know, only bikes were allowed through at certain times, not cars. And I kind of lost my edge and decided to go to sleep early and leave at like two in the morning, which I ended up sleeping a little bit longer. So I made the mistake of not going into the extreme there when I probably could have saved myself four or five hours by just hammering it. But you don't really think like that at the time because, you you know, it's one thing going being on your couch at home and going oh yeah go for it mate that'll be all right and there's one thing actually having to for six seven hours when you're super sleep deprived have to go up into this and to be in minus temperature sometimes and to really suffer so like it's the best bit of advice if you're a dot watcher and you're not racing or haven't done anything like this it can be quite easy to just go oh yeah you go to the extreme it's going to be you'll just push through it just put a few more watts on you know but the the pain and suffering you and the risks and the mental capacity it takes to to do some of this stuff is incredible totally totally so yeah congratulations to everybody and i and i think this was the last bike in man taiwan i don't think i don't think it's on next year which i think is a a real shame no way really because it's a it's a great um, it's a great course even if I think it was probably a little bit too hard this year um, or maybe just needed a little bit more time I think had it been six days there would have been uh, a little less stress on people to uh, to, to finish uh, but yeah no last one I think um, there's just going to be Laos in, in Asia next year so that was the two years of Biking Man Taiwan no way, that's a shame. But I would, I hate to say, I, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not sure if Axel listens to this or not, 
but I think there's more value in Taiwan than Laos. But then again, I haven't raced Laos. But I just, on paper, Taiwan looks so much more appealing. Well, let us know what you think in the comments on the show notes. And, uh, you know, which one Which one would you all prefer to do? Or neither of them, because they both sound horrific. <laughs> now, the, the other one that's going on, uh, or been going on and just finished, is uh, Juliana's uh, event in Italy, uh, The Two Volcanoes. Yes, yeah, so the two volcano sprint. This was one that we were actually considering going to, but I think we just got a both both got a little bit caught up on life and it would have been fun to do as a pair, but I remember me and you first talking about this and you saying, Robbie, do you do you know how violent this this amount of climbing is? And I was like, Oh, that'll be alright and then looked at the profile and was like, Oh my god, that looks absolutely horrendous but but it's a good so it's italy it's between the two volcanoes i i'm not sure the two i think one of them that the finish which two volcanoes i think the first one was vesuvius and the last one was mount etna if i'm correct in saying excellent yeah you even pronounce them correct yeah because i actually used to live just down the bottom of um, uh, vesuvius i lived near pompeii for a year which was amazing i really enjoyed it and um yeah so it was um I was really excited to go and do it, but God, there's a lot of climbing. That is crazy. But yeah, so we we had a winner come through who absolutely killed it. I think his name was Ultrit, Ultrit, but I, I'm not sure of the pronunciation. Of that you mean Ulrich? Ulrich. But I think Ulrich has been in the game a while. If I'm correct, there was an Ulrich that was racing TT TCR on a TT bike at one point. Oh, I I don't know. I I don't think I've been watching this as as close as you, but. I have been seeing some of the uh, some of the the media that's come out, some of the photos that have come out, and and I know that there's been some really strong riders in this race. Yeah, and it, it just sounded again really tough. I think these late season races are always going to be tough because the weather's much more unpredictable. I think there was a lot of cold weather. There was a lot of rain. It's also it's the end of the season, so people are generally you know fatigued after a long season. And um, yeah, look, look pretty brutal. But you know, hopefully, hopefully it was a success for Juliana, and and this will be carrying on next year because I think this is definitely one that I would be interested in. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely think it would. But it's one for the climbers by far. Just oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not really for me. I'm definitely not a climber. Um, I need to shed a few pounds before that would really be good for me. But um, one that just looks interesting. So anyway. Speaking of plans and rides for the future, shall we talk more about our 2020 plans? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So I reckon we should go, you talk about one, I talk about one, and then we just keep running through them to the end. How's that sound good? Uh, Yeah, okay, deal. Cool. So first of the year, I want you to tell me all about your one and convince me to be there because i am because it does not appeal to me really just yet yeah it doesn't it doesn't okay so so, uh yeah first up for me on the 2nd of february is the race around rwanda which uh i'm i'm not only really excited to be taking part in i'm also really excited uh that i've been uh taken on by the organizers as a race ambassador so I will be working to promote the race both pre and during um, the event itself. So we'll be talking about it quite a lot on here. I'm, I'm sure I might try and get 
Simon, the organiser, onto the show at some point to talk about it. Uh, and also I'll be doing a lot of uh, live coverage uh, during the race. Hopefully the uh, cell reception will be good enough to do uh, lots of uh, lots of live coverage. So, yeah, I, it, I knew next to nothing about Rwanda. I remember meeting Simon last year in a man or this year in a man and and he said you know I said where do you live he sounded like he was from like Germany or or the Netherlands or something and he said oh you know I, I live in Rwanda I'm like oh okay interesting what's what's the cycling like and he said it was it's amazing and so I kind of thought nothing more of it until then you know he he and 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 the 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 other guy involved in organizing the race um they've started to put this race together now they actually want to create um three different races in rwanda so one is the race around rwanda uh, another one i think is going to be more of a uh, sportive event but i need to check that uh, and then they're going to do a, a, a one-day gravel race uh, there as well now my only thought about rwanda is isn't that where there was a genocide 20 odd years ago and does this mean it's not really a safe place to go? So kind of that was the immediate question. And um, But then when you look into it, if you speak to anybody who's been to Rwanda in the last kind of five to 10 years, they will tell you that it is one of the best places to go in the world. Uh, they've put an awful lot of investment into tourism. Uh, it is now considered the one of the safest places in the world. So it's the eighth safest place in the world or the eighth safest country in the world according to the un um how do they how do they judge the safest place in the world do they just like go there with their wallet hanging out and walk around and <laughs> stuff so how do you judge it do you know what i mean though like i, I, do you get so me? I, like, I think it's done on a whole there's a whole load of different statistics are taken and they all have different weightings so i think you know it looks at crime it looks at the likelihood of foreigners being um held to dodgy justice or things like that so there's there's a whole host of metrics that go in and allow um allow the un to say yep this is a safe country and this is not um we'll we'll look at that i'm going to put a link to it in the show notes yeah sounds good sounds good uh, in fact you know i'm just i'm just going to look now un safest countries in the world Oh no, that's the unsafest countries in the world. <laughs> you sh- please don't tell me you've got these lists mixed up, Neil. Because yeah, 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 a yeah. Well, huge let me, issue. Let me just have a quick look. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, the most hilarious. dangerous country there are. So there is a global peace index report. Um, apparently, in the last uh, ten years, the world has become more dangerous, with the average level of global peacefulness deteriorating by three point seven eight percent. Could you imagine if that was your job? What's your job? Well, I define the percentages of global peacefulness. <laughs> this place is peaceful. Yes, this place is <laughs> the, the state of peace. Apparently, Afghanistan is now the most dangerous country in the world. Really? Yeah. That that does not surprise me one single bit. Uh, but then again, I hear there's some killer beach holidays there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know what's there. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's... um. No, it's... Uh, uh, you can things are a lot gone in Afghanistan. Like I remember, between us, near like it's it's all such a shame. I even spent some time in Syria. You know, I was in Syria for for a few weeks visiting my father, and then I look back now and just think, my God, like it's 
it's just a complete little war zone now and it's quite scary because these are places that I've I've been and walked and just understood you never expect it to be on a doorstep of somewhere you've been yeah well Syria's number two so Afghanistan is the most dangerous country in the world according to this global peacefulness index with a score of 3.574 next is Syria with a score of 3.566 so you know, if there's anybody organising potential ultra races out there, um, I'm, I may skip that for now. Uh, but let's have a look down this list, shall we? Um, so we do have some, and, and I think we probably associate, and this is probably a bad thing, but we probably associate lots of different places in Africa all with being dangerous. So, you know, the Central African Republic, uh, Somalia, the Democratic Republic of Congo are all up there in the top 10, as is Russia. Um, really? Yeah, but but then as I'm kind of scrolling down, uh, I'm I'm trying to see uh, places that I've been or uh, Saudi Arabia's on there at 35. I've I've spent some time there working. The US is one behind it on 36. Wow, wow. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I'm keep going down, keep going down. Still no sign of Rwanda yet. Um, the ah the Kyrgyz, Kyrgyz Republic. So Kyrgyzstan is at sixty nine. I have been to Kyrgyzstan and it's a beautiful place. Mm. Oh, here we go. Peru is at eighty four, uh, and one behind it is Rwanda. So Rwanda is technically safer than Peru, according to the or more peaceful than Peru, according to the Global Peacefulness Index. Nice. I will have a look at that. Oman is at ninety five. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. Behind, nice. just just above Moldova and Montenegro, which you know you often go through, and North Macedonia and Greece, which you often go through on on TCR. Nice, nice. And not far above France on 104. So it's kind of in there with countries that we would not consider dangerous at all. So how far is the race, and what kind of climbing are we talking? Well, so Rwanda is called the Switzerland of Africa which I think gives an indication of what I am expecting. Um, the race is 900 and, I think 980 kilometers. Uh, it's got 17,000 meters of climbing. Ooh. So it's punchy, yeah. Uh, there is uh, six days to finish the race, I think. Uh, the altitude is all between 1,300 meters and 2,500 meters. So there's a fair amount of altitude involved which I'm quite happy about. Generally, I, I don't struggle with, with the altitude. I, I like it when it, it gets high. Um, and, and I'm expecting lots of kind of greenery in a very kind of high mountain environment. Um, the surface or the road conditions, it's 75% tarmac and uh, 25% gravel. So it's gonna be a nice, it's gonna be a nice mix. Um, you know, so I don't think it's going to be as slow a race as, say, Atlas Mountain Race, which is going off at the same time, which is pretty much all gravel and, and off-road. Um, so, I, I yeah, I think it's going to be really, really, really exciting. Um, like I said, uh, you know, a bit ago, they've really invested heavily in tourism. So, you know, my understanding at this stage is that, you know, places to stay is not going to be an issue. Um, safety is not going to be an issue I think in general the wildlife is not going to be quite as freaky for me as Taiwan was Um, although we do go through kind of like the Gorilla National Park Um, so I 
you know, when I started thinking about this race, I thought I would never ever go there otherwise. And everything I'm hearing tells me it's a place I should go. So why would I not? Yeah. So I'm going to go. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. And, and also one of my clients is going as well. So Omar is, uh, going to sign up or has signed up or is in the process of deciding he's going to sign up so there'll be at least two of us going over from the uae which is going to be awesome um i can't wait to see him go and race in uh, in rwanda if i can just get him to sort out his sleeping because he sleeps far too much then then i think he can go and have a really really good race uh, i think um gavin uh, scott a friend of ours who we've raced with quite a few times he's going to be there as well so it's going to be a good, uh, a good bunch of people, and I think the atmosphere is going to be really cool as well. Cool, cool, sounds good. Um, so, can I talk about race around the Netherlands? You can. Are you going to take some warmer gloves this time? Yeah, I am. <laughs> so I, I mentioned on the last one, uh, the last podcast, that, and probably. So let's go back to the the start. The first one of the first couple of podcasts I spoke about race around the Netherlands which was a race I went into in May last year, which is one, I think it's 2,000k around the Netherlands and with a crazy amount of elevation. <laughs> you know, like like 5,000 metres, not even that. Anyway, it's very, very, like, it's a very flat race. So I went there, I finished ninth, if I'm correct, at a, at a guess, ninth or 10th, one of them. And um, loved it, just because it was like 85% cycle paths and it was all road, plenty of places to stop for food. It was just so much fun. Absolutely loved it. So I decided I was going to go back this year. I made some massive errors in it last year, as in not taking enough warm clothing, sleeping a bit too much, just... I went on a bike which was probably a little bit too aggressive for the job. So yeah, so my, my first port of call next year is to go back to race around Netherlands. I know a lot of people who went last year are going back, so it's going to be really good fun. I, I'm not really interested in, oh, I'm going to win it and all this. You know, I'm I'm literally going back because I just want to see if I can make improvements on where I was last year. So obviously training with you, taking warmer clothing, you know, probably picking places to stop a little bit better. You know, so I just thought, hey, why not? It'll be a good laugh. So um, I, hear, I think Jasmine Muller's going back. I think... Um, Yves Cohen's going back. I think you met him in Portugal. Yes, yeah, so there's quite a lot of people going Eve, actually. But Eve, Eve, Eve. <laughs> yeah, well, well clo close enough, close no, enough. I'm no, sure. no, nowhere near, nowhere near close. <laughs> yeah, so there's loads of us going, but you, this does seem to attract, and this is one thing I'm noticing: a lot of time trial lists. You get a lot of people go that are like, oh, I can go super fast in this and I'll just get my head down. I'll hammer it for 18 hours a day. And it, it's kind of like, nah, it doesn't, doesn't really work like that. It's very difficult to time trial on psychopaths. So yeah, so um, I'm really excited about that. And I'd love to hear from anyone else that listens to this podcast, which is planning on going as well. So drop us a message, tell us what your plans are, and hopefully I will see you there. And we're gonna smash it. So yeah, I'm gonna um complete with his with his. Are you gonna be wearing your lady gloves again? Oh no no no! I've actually got I'm, I've gone for some like super thick seal skins gloves this time. So yeah, but I I did wear women's gloves last time because I just couldn't get anything else, and I just didn't want to freeze. But that was 
it was just such a fun race. Like, I can't really explain it. It was you wouldn't believe the the change in terrain in the Netherlands from going across like the side of canals to literally going to things like through the dunes to Limburg. It's just it's incredible such a such a cool place to ride and it's just so safe you know it's just such a lovely place and everyone's so nice and everything's bike friendly yeah i i really it's probably the most one of the most enjoyable races i've ever done and the guy michael that that runs it all is just absolute super passionate ultra cycling nerd so definitely definitely i'm not sure he might like me calling him that but anyway he's yeah he's just such a great guy you know what i mean so definitely yeah like sorry sorry michael i I suddenly i'm off the roster for some reason but anyway yeah it's good it's good so that's kind of my next plan and yeah back to you neil well yeah next up um i it's kind of it's not confirmed yet i'm not sure what i'm going to be doing after race around rwanda so that will finish kind of mid-feb um i will be i will be in a man for biking man uh, but probably not racing um i've got some interesting ideas about what i'm going to do instead there but we'll we'll talk talk about that closer to the time but yeah. I, I want to fit something else in between uh kind of you know february and you know the main race in the summer so I, I'm looking at GB Juro. Oh wow! Because this Lockland territory. This really interests me. Uh, like this, this really fired my imagination last year, uh, or this year when I watched uh, when I watched that race. I think the course is amazing. I think the concept of it is amazing. Um, the more I ride gravel, the more I ride my gravel bike, the more I'm loving it. The more it's really taking me back to kind of old school mountain biking and an old school kind of off-road exploration so yeah that's that's on the list um but i think i just need to check how that's going to work date wise with with the other things that are on there because i know that one of the things that we have said we will do and this is kind of back to you but back to me as well is We are going to do <laughs> our first joint race, right? I know it's so exciting. I do you know what? Like this, this is some great time for me and you to bond. Oh no, really? I mean, you know, Robbie, let's not. <laughs> but do you not think this is a time where me and you can be like, okay, you know, life aside, let's just chill out and ride together? And I, I would like no, no moaning from you if that's okay. <laughs> and we could just chill out you know i think it i think it'll be good i'd probably leave the route planning up to you yeah so we are going to do hopefully touch wood assuming this all comes together and timing works we are going to take on all points north which is kind of like which is kind of like a cross between an orienteering race and an ultra race so there are 10 locations all across the north of england which means it's definitely going to be down to me to do the navigation because Robbie can't make his way past Sandringham. <laughs> he gets as far as the Queen and then he gives up. Um, so there's yeah, there's ten checkpoints and you can do them in any order. Yes. Which sounds awesome. I, I just love. I again, great concept. Really love the concept. Um, I grew up in Sheffield and Doncaster, so it's all kind of close to a lot of home roads. 
and I think it's going to be amazing. Um, it, my only worry is how I'm going to deal with Robbie. I, I think that should be the least of your worries. I think that is more exciting than anything. You could be one of the very few privileged people that gets the opportunity to ride with Robbie. To ride with Robbie. I'm riding with Robbie. You are riding with Robbie. And, um, yeah, I just th- I think we can have a laugh with it. I, I just I don't want to turn this into a, a serious race thing. I just want us to podcast, to giggle, to enjoy it. I just think it would be absolutely hilarious we will do we will do like we'll do like live podcasts and we'll do some live video and some video and just generally try and uh, bring you the inside track on our race so yeah i'm sure it's going to be more for shits and giggles than than any serious amount of racing going on um, but if it, if it comes down to it and we're in a toss-up with against another pair then i feel like we should put maybe a few extra watts down. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna by this stage. I'll I'll be clinging onto your rear wheel, Robbie. I doubt. I doubt. Be I'll be crying off the back. You know what I mean? Like crying off the back of your wheel. Like, can't you slow down? <laughs> no, because you see, you'll listen to me. You'll listen and you'll do the training. Whereas I'm terrible. I like. I don't listen. To, I don't listen to myself. I am my own worst athlete. I nearly asked you this earlier. Like being a coach. Do you go easy on yourself? Yeah, I'm or terrible. Or do you go I'm hard like on terrible. yourself? I was supposed to be up this morning and go out riding and I just stayed in bed. Really? So it's definitely, <laughs> definitely do as I say, not as I do, because if you do as I do, then you just, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely agree. But I must admit, like, it is difficult, even like, as a PT, like, I, I sit there going to like, I've, I shouldn't really say this too much i sit there going you know to my clients like yeah you just gotta dig in and just get to the gym like three or four times a week but i only train like twice because i'm just tired you know what i mean it's just I, like i you know we were talking about you doing an ftp test and i'll yeah. make sure you're doing testing you know every four or eight weeks um yeah, you won't catch me doing the same thing no chance yeah it's miserable it's horrible that. yeah it's really painful i don't like it 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 was awful. Like I'm not going to lie to you, I thought this would be quite exciting doing an FTP. It was horrible. It was horrible. Like I just yeah, was. I could have told you that. I was blowing out my ass for twenty minutes, twenty minutes of just wanting to cry. You know what I mean? And I just didn't enjoy any second of it. The good thing was you did my job for me, so I didn't have to ask you to go and do it. You came back to me and said, "Oh, I've just done an FTP test." I'm like, "Brilliant! I don't need to ask you to do that now." Yeah, but it was just, it was horrible. Like, even, like, when you're so tired of sitting down, like, oh, I'll stand up and climb for, like, a bit. But then you just get super tired of climbing and you sit back down. And it's like, ah, oh, there's that original pain in my legs again. Wait you know till I mean? we get on to longer duration testing. So I, I talked about testing points against your power duration curve. And what I'm looking to do is fill in, uh, fill in kind of gaps or fill in bits where the... the the model suggests you should be doing a lot better and that might be 15 minutes but it might also be 45 minutes okay yeah i'm happy with that oh you won't be you will <laughs> hate me sure you'll hate me uh right so that is all points north which is in when is it robbie that is i was just on their website <laughs> we should know this shouldn't we <laughs> that is da, 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 that is I was about to say Monday the 11th of November. 
but no, that's when. That's today. That's when, isn't it? No, that's that the other day. Here we it go. Is... Friday, twenty second of May. From oh, Rider HQ in Sheffield. That could be. That could be tough. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, the idea, cause... isn't it? Um, well, yeah, but I'm in I'm in Holland on the first of May, aren't I? That's okay. We can manage a three week recovery. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. And then. remember, we're not racing. Well, we are racing. We're, we're just, yeah. but we're we're racing and we're kind of talking. Yeah, we'll probably I'll be doing on more your talking wheel. than racing. Yeah. And from the look of the photo on the front, there could be some gravel involved here. So we may need to work on your gravel skills, Robbie. Sorry, what, what skills? <laughs> can you? Can we just run through that again? I, I, I still really have no nothing on gravel at the minute. It's, it's just, yeah, my gravel ability is absolutely awful. So yeah, no, that's good. I'm excited about it. We'll have a lot of fun with that one. So yeah, next, Neil. Well, why don't we go with one? you? Because so what? What is your? So we're going to do all points north, twenty second of May. That kind of takes us into June. Um, big block of training for me in June. What are you then going to do as your main event of the year? What's What's the main course? So I have three things in mind. Four things in mind. Uh, one's One's a bonus. One's a kicker. But um, I'm thinking of my three things that I'd really like to do, but I'm probably going to ask people that listen to this podcast to just kind of give me an insight if you've done them before. Transatlantic Way, I really am considering doing, but I'm not sure I'm going to get enough recovery in for that. And with all points north, that could mess it up. So that's that's kind of there or thereabouts. Just I really like the organiser of it and everyone raves about it, but I like to do things a little bit differently. So that was kind of one of the ideas. Pan Celtic... I quite like the idea of Pan Celtic, but it looked brutal. Pan Celtic, I think. Is it Celtic? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Pan Celtic. That that looks fun. You know, it looks it looks enjoyable. The route looks challenging. I hear resupply in some places can be tough. There's a lot of ferries, which is um going to be interesting. And then the only other thing that really. I just thought, oh God, I really want to do it. As you can see, these are all kind of UK-based things at the minute because you never know what's going to happen with Brexit. <laughs> um, Transalba. I really want to go and do Transalba. It, it starts on my birthday or like two days after my birthday. It looks like an awesome race. I missed it last year because of injury. And I just, I look at everyone that had so much fun on it and I'm just like, God, I want to have that fun. So Transalba, the only other thing that I think I might want to do is Japanese Odyssey. But that depends on if I can afford it. I know that's, but that's like, uh, that's October. And these ones, so my plan is Rachel Netherlands. I know it, it's going to be cool. And like, then I want to do something a bit close to home, which is a longer one, so I can just be a bit more confident in my surroundings and try and be competitive at that. And then last but not least, I want to be right out of my comfort zone in Japan. So my three things are a really safe race I want to do well on, a kind of fun one in the summer, which I want to do well on, and then just kind of an exploration one at the end of the year. So that's where I'm at at the minute, but it's just obviously financial wise and work and just kind of see where I'm at with that. But Japanese Odyssey looks just yeah. incredible, doesn't it? Yeah, I, the, the food alone would take you out of your comfort zone, Robbie. 
Oh, I know, but that's things are that's why we do a lot of this, like all the places we went over to on Biking Man, and you're very well travelled, like compared to me, I think, Neil. So when you talk about Rwanda so confidently, to me, like I, I, that that kind of rings alarm bells, come you know, on, because come and of do it. like that. Come and do Rwanda; I, it'll be amazing, mate. It's You'll a little it. bit early in the year for no, me. It's not. But... No, it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but... Japanese Japanese Odyssey is definitely one I would really love to do. I, I think it would definitely be more of a exploration than a race. I'd I'd love to do it with my wife. Really want to go yeah, and do that yeah. with with her. She keeps saying, "I don't want to do any ultra racing. I don't want to do any ultra racing." Except this year, she might do Tour de Mont Blanc, which is about as close to an ultra race as you can get. Um, so I think if that's successful, there may, 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 may be a chance I can persuade Laura to go and do Japanese Odyssey. But speaking to and following Fabian and Eleonora, who both rode Japanese Odyssey this year, and also um, I've been speaking with Simon Knoll, who's here in the UAE. He did it this year. Just sounds amazing. Was it? I didn't realise Simon did that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hilly, very hilly. It's wet, very wet. I mean, the weather was awful. Yeah. Uh, you know, they set off as that typhoon hit uh, just before or like during the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was pretty crazy, but definitely on the list. Yeah, I, I feel as though that you could trick Laura into this. I feel as though you could just like literally turn up and say, we'll do, we're going to do a bit of bikepacking. Okay. Take her passport and then just kind of like ride in front of her, holding her passport, and she'll be really angry at you, and she'll be chasing you up all the yeah. climbs. Uh, well, she'll be and... beating me up the climbs. <laughs> she is faster than me up the hill, you know. Um, okay, well, this sounds like a good plan. As long as she doesn't find out about this plan, then we're good. Does she listen to the podcast? Yes. <laughs> and yeah, like okay, let's go back to last week where I'm like where you said. Oh, Rob's been caught up with dogs and girls. <laughs> and anyway, like, so Bryony, I said, oh, Bryony, you must listen to the start of the podcast, you know. So she's like, yeah, yeah, of course. So I turn it on. She starts listening. We're just chilling out. And then she is just in absolute pisses. Like, are you, are you kidding, Rob? Other girls and all this. And then she deliberately commented on this as well. And I was <laughs> like, God, I was like, it's not like that. I was she's like, like there. have you seen yourself, Robbie? consider yourself yeah lucky. i know like this is it yeah you so, are um, punching way above your weight young man oh massively we'll we'll put a picture of my missus in the show <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> Sorry. no um, i am massively punching like um, yeah like hugely pu- punching like for for like everything but no it's um yeah it's you know it's i, I obviously i want to i'll be honest i'm kind of putting some races around where we can have a holiday after as well rwanda so I'm, seriously yeah. Take Bryony to the to see the gorillas in the mountains, and you'll that'll be it. She'll be yours for life. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't mind doing something like that. But we we plan to travel. But obviously, this year's been kind of a bit one of these things of I'd been away a lot racing and everything had been a bit crazy. And then obviously, you know, it, we just kind of had a lot on with settling in, and you know obviously the dog and stuff like that but next year we're kind of set up as in it'll be all grown up by then so it'd be quite easy just to jump on flights but we do have a pretty cool exciting plan where we're going to go on holiday and it doesn't involve involve cycling what but it yeah i know but it's it's going to be really cool but i'm not allowed to talk about it Uh, okay so yeah 
Yeah, so we're buying each other the the plane tickets each for Christmas. Cool. When are you going to be able to tell yeah. us where you're going? Probably next week. All right. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, but it is exciting because we're just kind of we're not going to go like for a, anything package. We're just going to chance it and just go for it. But then again, I've never done a package holiday anyway, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, there we go. Cool. So yeah, so that's that's kind of the plan. So I just want to do, like I say, something safe, something risky in a safe place, and then something unsafe in a risky place. Japan's not really risky. No, 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 not really. Not Japan's really. quite so, yeah. safe. It's cool. such a safe, polite place. Yeah. Cool. So, and I can see in the notes there's something else you've written down here. Yeah. So, well, hopefully, so all points north will finish kind of end of May. Yeah. My plan is then to uh, base myself in the French Alps for four weeks and organize a series of training camps for people. So pretty much tailored around what people want. So whether it's people want to come and prep for ultra races, whether people want to come and just um, experience the riding in the Alps. You know, I've, I've lived in the Alps. Uh, I've ridden there a lot. I know the area really, really well. So, you know, I, I know a lot of the really amazing riding around there. So... Yeah, the plan is to do four weeks there, organize training camps, cycling trips, etc., etc. So if, if that's if anyone's listening and, and wants to find out more, then do uh, drop us a line through the uh, through either the Facebook page or you can. I'll put my contact details on this because a few people have been trying to get in touch and sometimes it goes awry. So I'll, I'll put my contact details there. But then hopefully that will then lead up to another crack at the transcontinental Ooh. which i I, you know and and i know we talked about this briefly on last week's show i i was completely smitten by the race i just fell in love with it It such an incredible experience um i want to go back and experience it again i want to go back you know with what i've learned i want to go back with a spare mech hanger um, I just, you know, the, the whole thing about um, doing all the, the Facebook Live video and trying to bring it to a wider audience, you know, I want to do that again. Um, I want to meet the people again. It, it's just, uh, it, it, yeah, now I, I fell in love with it. So, and I, I definitely have unfinished business. I want to go back. I want to address the, the, the wrongs from this year and really give it, uh, you know, a, a seriously hard crack of the whip now obviously there's no guarantees with with the tcr it's a, it's a massively popular race uh, it will be oversubscribed it will be on uh, on a ballot so cross fingers touch wood whatever pray to whichever deity i need to pray to um hopefully i can be on the start line wherever that start line may be because i think there'll be I really think there'll be another, I think they'll throw another surprise at us this year. So, you know, after f- four or five years of, of starting in Gerardsbergen and finishing in, in either Istanbul or, or Greece, um, they threw a curveball this year with it starting in Burgas and finishing in Brest. I am, I'm expecting more curveballs. I'm expecting another completely different route. I'm expecting some really interesting parkour. Um, and I'm expecting a really interesting race so i just yeah i really i'm crossing everything because i so desperately want to go back and and do the tcr again yeah i do you know what in obviously i've been twice now 
and scratch both times. Like, just one of those races, and it annoys me because I've done some really tough stuff, like Inca Divide and stuff like that, and and I just can't seem to get to grips with TCR. And I'll be honest, I said to myself, I'll never go back. Never even get to apply. Just not a single, nothing against TCR. I think it's a great race. The organization's great. The routes are, are, are immense and it's got such an amazing community around it. But it's just that one, like, yeah, there's always one thing that I just know isn't going to go right. And it is that for me. And that's not like a negative way of thinking. I'm just never, ever going back to that race. It's brought me so much hardship, so much pain. And I just... I just don't want to go back. I really, that's not me being aggy or neggy. That is just, I don't want to go back. I don't feel the need to conquer it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds quite bad, but I, I thought you're feeling this because it's kind of, you're, it's damaged you from last time and all this. And I thought, no, I just don't want to do it. It's just, I don't like things with where you self-root. I like fixed rate, fixed kind of route races and things like that. Yeah, it's... um. I'll never go back, if I'm brutally honest. This is me having a heart-to-heart on the podcast, but I have no interest, no emotional baggage with that, and I'm just never going to apply again. But I think it's an amazing race, and I think if you want to do one of the best ultra-cycling races in the world, you should do it. Well, yeah, hope, fingers crossed, I will be doing it again for the second time. Uh, cool. Right, well, that's next year. I, I'm Yeah, I'm really excited about next year. I can't wait really i can't wait um you know I'm, I'm excited to be working with you uh i've got clients with some really interesting plans which is always fun to work with I, you know i get i get more fun out of working with clients doing these big interesting races than i do with myself so you know that's that's it's 2020 is going to be really really exciting right so that's that's 2020 covered and i'm yeah it's going to be great and i'm looking forward to seeing how you do as well robbie um, now, one other segment that I wanted to bring to this podcast, because, you know, the more structure we have to this thing, the better, because it means the less work we have to do beforehand, because we can just talk to our structure. I want to start talking a little bit more about Kit. So I want to bring in Kit Corner. Are you saying that I'm unprepared, Neil? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Today, have you read the show notes, Rob? No. Have you no. made the show notes, Rob? No. no. Have you done anything, Rob? No. 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 Robbie <laughs> did say to me the other day, he said, Neil, I feel like I need to do more work towards this podcast because you, you do all the work. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I did suggest that maybe he could edit the podcast. But we want to get this out sometime yeah. this year, so... <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get you to edit the podcast. Just trying to explain to him how to figure out how to set the input level on his mic. It took 15 minutes, like 15, 20 minutes before the start of the show. <laughs> but, but it's funny though, isn't it? Like this is why we're gonna be such a great team because I'm gonna be the crazy, spontaneous. You think so? I might Let's kill just you. Do the climb, and that you'll be the logically, Rob. We shouldn't but I respect you as a human being and we'll do it. You know, that's, that's right. how it'll go, right? <laughs> kit, kit Corner. Every week we are going to talk about a piece of kit that delights us. Yes. Something that brings joy to our very cycling existence. Okay. What are you going to talk about, Robbie? Uh, can I actually, I know I've kind of touched on this earlier today. 
I really want to talk about my new turbo trainer. Okay, go. So this is kind of an interesting one, as in that I looked for so long at trainers, and I was looking at Wahoo Kickers, I was looking at, like, Tax Bushidos, I was... Bushido? I think it's called a Bushido. You pronounced that well, Robbie, well done. (laughs) I know, and I was looking at so many different ones. Oh, what about the kinetic rock and roll? What about this? What about that? And the only one I'd had any experience on is a Tax Neo. You know, the original Neo, not the Neo 2. So I'd had loads of experience with, like, kind of looking at them and trying one. And I sat there thinking, God, what, what do I want? So I was sitting there thinking, I'm tight anyway, so I didn't want to spend too much money. I looked at some secondhand and thought, actually, I don't want a secondhand one because I want something with warranty if I'm going to be using it a lot. And then I thought, oh, okay, I want something. So here's something that I really want to talk about is that a lot of people make a, a mistake on that. There's a thing called ERG where it'll automatically adjust your resistance on Zwift depending on your profile or, or the, the profile that a trainer's given like you, like what you'll be doing for me, for example, so I wanted something with that, and then I thought, well, actually, I want a direct drive. So I looked through, and I was looking at six, seven hundred pound ones. Then I came across something called an Elite, which is a Halford's own brand, um, an Elite Zumo, and I thought, okay, it takes the twelve mil by one four two through axle, so I don't need an adapter kit for it. It's direct drive, so I'm not riding on my own wheel. And it looks cool. Like it's got very, very few reviews. Very few. But the ones that are there, because I could only find like 10 reviews in the whole world about this thing. It's really weird. But I think it was something that they released for a while, then literally just pulled it back and went to a more expensive higher-end one. So I bought this Elite Zumo, and I got it home, set it all up, didn't take too long, chucked the cassette on, and it's brilliant. It's it's really quiet, it's really structured, it feels amazing, and this is me coming from probably the top end tax Neo, going dropping down to a five hundred pound direct drive one, and I'm not really seeing much of a difference if I'm brutally honest. I'm just seeing wow, the power's pretty accurate, it feels sturdy, it's fun to ride, it's not very noisy at all. And genuinely, it's been so easy to set up. All I did was chuck a few bolts in and it linked straight to my laptop and I started doing Zwift and I absolutely love it. And I can't believe I didn't bite the bullet two years ago and just buy a Smart Turbo ages ago and structure my training better and save money on not being outside spending money on food and coffee and just doing it at home and being in a bit more of an online safer world where I'm not in these constant extremities of being cold, wet, having to do washing every two days. You know, it's it's You're yeah, still so... gonna have to do the washing. Right. You oh, can't you know your yeah, shorts true. will but still just... be pretty <laughs> but but less washing. So yeah, um honestly, I, I really wanna just say that value for money wise I got it on offer at four hundred and thirty pounds and it's incredible. Like I'm comparing this to a Tax Neo, well, probably the one of the most high-end turbo trainers, and or, and I just love it. I'm really impressed with it, Neil. Like, it's just such a relief to be on something so good, so structured, so nice. And I just, I'm regretting not doing it ages ago. But it is such a cool bit of kit. It comes with the My Elite training package for a year, even though I just went straight onto Swift. 
and yeah like i say it's really silent really easy to set up if if someone wants a really good turbo to get into Zwift and to do it really well and properly and not have to burn through your rear wheel bearings or your tires, then this is just ideal. So that is my that's my review. That's my recommendation of one thing to use. I am not sponsored in any way by these people. I literally paid full price out of my local Halfords for this. And yeah, I can honestly say it's it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. It makes me smile. Good. What about you? Well, so, and this is not a new bit of kit, but it's kind of a kit which has had a new update. So what's been really delighting me recently is my Garmin 1030 ever since version 8 of the firmware has been released. So luckily it was released about a week before Biking Man Portugal and it brought the 1030 in line with the functionality that you get in the 530 and the 830. So it, it brought in a, a number of kind of stability fixes and things like that. So it is, it, I, it's not crashed in a long, long time. I, I think that, you know, the the old days of Garmin's crashing all the time and not being able to take large um, large files and large routes is, is, is gone. Um, it's it's super stable. It's rock solid. I love the I, I love the screen on it. I love the mapping on it. Um, I know everyone goes on about oh you got to get a Wahoo. They're so much more reliable. Well, you know I think the reliability is addressed. And I just love the, the 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 screen and the maps and, and the way it looks. But what they've done with the new uh, firmware version um, is they brought things like uh, Climb Pro. So Climb Pro is brilliant, especially when you're ultra racing. So what it does is when you load a route to your Garmin and you, you click ride, it scans the route and it looks at all the elevation profile and it has an algorithm that determines how, you know, what bits of that route is a climb or not. And it gives you a breakdown of all the climbs. So real time on your screen in front of you as you're riding, you can go to a screen that says you've got 27 climbs on this ride. So the first stage in Portugal, which was like 350k, 5,000 meters of climbing, that was that had 27 recognized climbs according to this Garmin algorithm. And it gives you a countdown. It says the first one is in three kilometers. And then when you get there, this screen pops up and it shows you where you are on the climb, how far you've got to go on the climb, what the gradient of the climb is going to be overall, what's the gradient where you are and it just gives you this this level of information that's that's just superb you know it's it is really really good um the next thing and i'm i'm not sure if this was in version 8 or not or it might have been there beforehand i just didn't know about it is it also gives you some really cool uh, graphical data fields which again i found really really useful for ultra racing so i created a uh, a data screen. So I have an activity profile set up for ultra racing. And within that, I have a data screen customized for the graphical display. Um, now I'm actually, I'm going to do a video on this in a, in a, in a week or two, because it's really, really useful, especially when you're doing intervals outside to help you do a better quality of interval. So I'm going to do a video on that to, to help, you know, share that information with people. But this screen, I have um, a graph of cadence heart rate, power output, and speed. 
and the the really interesting ones are the are the heart rate and the power output because they're, they're color coded according to what zone you're riding in and you know one of the one of the challenges with ultra racing is is not doing too much and this just gives you this instant view of oh there's a big spike that's gone red I clearly that I shouldn't be pushing that hard I need to calm down and it it really helps you focus on keeping a nice even pace to your ride so you know that was brilliant and the third thing that's that's really really good about it which I talked about earlier is the way it integrates now with a smart trainer again I think it had integrated with smart trainers in the past but they've improved the functionality on that so that along with the integration into training peaks means I don't even need Zwift I can just get on my bike click a training program in or click my training calendar on my Garmin and whatever my coach has set for me pops up and and you just get on and ride and it controls the turbo trainer it keeps you in ERG mode it's it's brought me a lot of delight and I definitely think functionality wise it is the best GPS cycling computer on the market yeah I've never jumped on the Wahoo bandwagon I never like I know it's not a bandwagon but I never jumped on it like honestly mate I've been using a Garmin Edge 810 and in my whole cycling career I think it's crashed on me three times and that's a lot of miles that's a lot of miles which I haven't lost a Garmin for so in my eyes yeah, and and I know I'm a people big Garmin who've had fan. this you know let's be clear the wahoos are not faultless people will have issues with that I know people who've had them crash they've gone off course it's caused problems so you know I, I think for those people who've been pulling away from Garmin it, it's well worth going and taking another look because yeah it's it's been a lot of fun to to work out what it can do now so yeah that's my piece of delightful kit and we shall be back with more delightful kit next week <laughs> next week definitely cool so i think the only thing we do need to talk about one more thing is guys we still need your help massively uh we need youtube we need youtube subscribers we need people watching videos so make sure you jump onto turn cycling and make sure you jump on to robbie ferry as well so we can uh make sure we get enough subscribers so we can start doing lives and start plugging youtube a bit more so if you could do that it would be a massive plus if you could subscribe to our channels watch videos chuck us the odd comment that kind of thing that'd be amazing yeah so my goal is by by rwanda to have a thousand subscribers so then i can do all of the live streaming from rwanda through youtube which i think is just a it's just a better platform to to do that and through facebook yes yeah massively so massively. help us out people yeah right sounds good on cool. that final call to action i shall bid you adieu and i will see you i will speak to you soon neil we will yes we when are we going to commit <laughs> to recording this because we're supposed to record on friday. fridays i am literally off all oh, day right, friday so i can't do friday friday i'm gonna be doing <laughs> Friday I'm doing coast to coast, so I'm going okay. to be riding 215k across the country on Friday. How were you set for Thursday? I'll be sleeping. Actually, no, Thursday. Okay. You know I said I don't test. Yeah. Thursday I'm going to be doing a, a VO2 max test. So I'm, I'm working oh. with a local uh, sports clinic here in, uh, here in the UAE, and we're looking at how we do more kind of holistic approach to 
um, improving people's cycling performance. So not just looking at physiological, but also what are the functional issues that people might have, especially when yeah. you're dealing with people who are coming back to cycling after a long break, or you know they're new to cycling and they've they've led kind of desk-based jobs for like 20 years you know, that can lead to a lot of functional issues with somebody, which has a big impact on your cycling. You know, I know people who've got very, very strong cycling really quickly, but the rest of their body has just not caught up. So we, I'm working with them to kind of create um, a series of, of offerings to, to help bring a holistic approach to somebody's cycling. So as part of that, I've been working with, with Chris down there, Chris Cameron, uh, we had him down there the other day doing some VO2 max testing. I'm going to be going in to do a VO2 max test as well. So we'll be doing like gas exchange. We're doing blood lactate measurements. And it'll be interesting to compare and contrast. Uh, and, and interesting to, to see where I am at, at the beginning of the season. So yeah, Thursday I will be, I'll be doing that. And then I'll be recovering from that. And then Friday I'm going to be riding. So we're so... probably going to record on Sunday, to be honest. Okay, let me, can we do early, early morning Sunday then? Yeah, I'm four hours ahead of you, so that's fine with me. So if I got up at like, you could do about eight in the morning. No, let's say nine in the morning. Nine o'clock your time. Your time. Whoa, you're going to be up at five? Yeah, 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 we'll get it recorded, get it done. I'll go do a bit of training you're after. It's going to make sense at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I actually make, let's say six, so could you say okay. ten? <laughs> yeah, 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 I can do that. Stick it in the cool. diary. Let's do it. And then, then everyone will be asleep. The dog will be asleep. Bryony will be asleep. And the neighbours will be asleep. And yeah, life life will be quiet. Okay, cool. Cool, right. Cool. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, Robbie, good to talk to you as always. And we shall see <laughs> really? you. Really? <laughs> no, joking. We shall see you same time, same channel next week. See you later.